Welcome to Riverbend Church's podcast, and thanks for listening. Riverbend is a church in Hernando, Mississippi, that is focused on our calling to restore the community around us. For more information, visit rbhernando.church. We hope you enjoy the message. If you have a copy of God's Word, we're in the Gospel of John this morning. We will finish out this series, Who's Your One? Lord willing, next week, out of uh, John's Gospel, as we look at one final conversation that is going to take place. But uh, this morning, we're going to be in John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And we are going to see Jesus speaking with an official. John chapter 4, starting in verse 46 down through the end of the chapter, reads as following. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and he asked him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Verse 48, Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. They said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Heavenly Father, as we uh, look at this passage and we see the conversation, Father, I pray, I pray that, um, God, you would speak. God, we would understand the conversations that you desire us to have this week, possibly even today. And Lord, we would not back away from those moments. We would not back away from those conversations that you desire for us to have. Thank you for this example. Father, may we take your word, may we see the the conversation, may we understand the conversation. God, may we see the example that you have for us in our conversations. So God, speak this morning to your people. May we hear, may we know what you desire from us in these days. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. The conversation seems straightforward. The conversation seems as if it is just two lines. But the conversation in these verses is not just between Jesus and an official. 
The conversation is between Jesus, an official, and a huge crowd. So I want us to look at at three points to the conversation. The first is this. The conversation opens with a weak expression of faith. Look back there in verses 46 down through verse 48. So he came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. And when this man heard that Jesus, when he had heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked for him to come down and heal his son, for he was about to the point of death. And look at verse 48. Verse 48 states this. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. That word there, believe, is the word that we get for faith. It is pastuo. And it's stated twice in this passage. It's stated here, and then a few verses later, it states this in verse 53. Your son will live, and he himself, talking about the official, he himself believed and all his household. It's the same word, but it's totally different. The conversation opens with a weak expression of faith. This official comes to Jesus, and he's desperate. Maybe you've been there. You're, you grasp at straws. That's what this guy is doing. He is grasping at anything that he thinks has some substance. Why? Because his kid is to the point of death. Parents, you and I understand this. When the kid is sick, and nothing will console him or her. When the kid is sick and the doctors don't have any answers and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying, we will do anything. And that's what this father is doing. And he hears that Jesus is no longer in Judea. He is now back in Galilee And as he is back in Galilee, he leaves his house some 17, possibly if he depended on the side of town that he lives, 17 to 22 miles away from Jesus. And he sets out and says, all right, I got to find him. And, And I want him to come down to where I am so that he will heal my son. The official comes to Jesus. He comes to him desperate. He comes to him desperate for something or for someone to bring healing to his child. He comes to him in a weak expression of faith. A couple of characteristics about this man's faith there in verse number 48. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. You and I need to understand that Jesus, although he is speaking to this man, he is not speaking to this man. Have you ever had that conversation? You were being spoken to 
or you are speaking to, yet you are not speaking to that person that is right in front of you. You're speaking to that person plus a lot of other people, or the person who is speaking to you is speaking to you plus a lot of other people. You are getting lumped into a whole group. Jesus is understanding the need that this man has. Jesus says this. Read this verse again. Verse number 48. Unless you, you plural. It's not singular. I'm not trying to take you to grammar class this morning, but it is plural. Unless you see signs and wonders, you, plural, will not believe. The conversation begins with a weak expression of faith. This man had a second-handed faith. This man heard that Jesus was in Galilee and he went to him. This man was seeking a sign. Another aspect or another characteristic of this man's faith was that he was seeking a sign. It is spoken that uh, spoken from Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that these Jews, all they wanted were signs. Everywhere that Jesus went, hey, will you do a sign? Hey, can, can you do a sign? If you will do a sign, I promise we'll believe. Talk about that a little more in just a second. Second-handed faith, it was a sign-seeking faith. It was a self-centered faith. It's all about this boy. It's all about bringing physical health to his son. And that was his need, so he thought. It was a strong-willed faith. Do you see what he says to Jesus? He says, come. And Jesus says, go. He says, come. Come with me. Jesus says, go. All this guy wanted was for Jesus to heal his boy. One commentator, as I read him, stated this about faith. Faith is not so much receiving from God the things that you want as it is accepting from God the things that He gives. Let me say that one more time for us. Faith is not so much receiving from God the things that you and I want as it is accepting from God the things that He gives. Faith is nothing to play around with, church. Sir, ma'am, faith is to be strong. And as we will see, hopefully today, it is to be exercised and it is to grow. How's your faith? We hate surveys, right? But if we were to have this survey in front of us, do not participate out loud. Okay? Do not participate out loud. But if we were to have this survey out in front of us right at this moment, and, and there were five stars right there in front of you, and the question was this, how's your faith? Is it, is it, a, is it a one star? Is it a half star? 
Is it a four star? Is it a five star? Where are you on the faith meter today? Do you find yourself like this man? If there was that survey in front of him, maybe your statement, maybe his statement would be, depends on my boy. If my boy is healed, my faith is a five. If my boy is not healed, it's probably a negative five. The conversation between Jesus and the official began with a weak expression of faith. But then it moves. It moves from a weak expression of faith to a second point in this conversation. There are opportunities, those opportunities to entertain. That has nothing to do with the mission of Jesus. There's a whole crowd following Jesus. Everywhere he goes, from the moment that he wakes up and opens the door wherever he spent the night before, and he walks into the community. Every moment of that day, people were all around him. And all they wanted was for him to do something for them, for him to do something so that they could see, for him to entertain them. Didn't happen, but here's my thought. Some guy is walking around with my favorite cotton candy on a pallet. And he is selling cotton candy and he is selling popcorn and he is just following the crowd so that he can get rich off of Jesus. And the crowd is following Jesus so they might be entertained. Opportunities to entertain are not the mission that Jesus is about. There in verse 48 down through verse 50, John records it this way. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. We talked about that, that being plural. The official said to him, sir, come before my child dies. Jesus sees that need. He knows the need is there. And he says, hey, go and your son will live. On the screen behind me, you'll see a couple of verses a couple of verses looking at these signs, these miracles. All they wanted was a sign. All they wanted was a miracle. Paul wrote it this way to the folks at Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. He says, the coming of the lawless one, the coming of Satan incarnate, so to speak, the lawless, the man of lawlessness, is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. The point is this, that Paul is getting across to the church at Thessalonica. Hey, it's not, you can't trust a sign. You can't trust just because a miracle happens, a supernatural event happens. That doesn't mean that it's from God. John wrote it this way in his letters. He said, hey, you test the spirits to make sure that they are from God. Why? Because there's some spirits, there's some signs, there's some miracles that happen not from God. Go all the way back to the book of Exodus and you see some of those take place. God changed the water. To blood of Nile. Guess what? The magicians in Egypt could do the same. 
threw down a staff, it became a snake. Magicians in Egypt did the same. Put their hand in leprosy. Uh Uh-oh, can't do that one. Um, Did other things. You cannot test, you cannot just take the, the spiritual aspect, the supernatural sign or miracle is from God. They wanted a sign. Luke chapter 23, verses 35 through 39. Jesus is on the cross. And here's what the people who were standing there watching Him said. And the people stood by watching. But the rulers, they scoffed at Him saying, Hey, He saved others. Let Him save Himself. If He is the Christ of God, His chosen one, the soldiers, they mocked Him coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. And even one of the criminals, verse 39 states, one of the criminals who were hanged railed at him saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Everybody wanted a sign. This man, this official is seeking a sign. All of those that are around him, this crowd is gathered for a sign. But understand this, church. Understand this. You and I can't use Jesus to get what you want. You and I can't just use the name Jesus and expect everything to be okay. He's not there for your entertainment or mine. He was not coming as an entertainer. He didn't come as an entertainer. He came as Savior. He came as Lord. A final point of this conversation. I love how it ends. Read verse 51 down through verse 54. Let me start in 50. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed. He believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went on his way. As he was going, verse 51 states, as he was going down, the ser- his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew, verse 53 states, the father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. The third and final point this morning is this, that momentary healing is just the beginning of the outcome for those of us with faith. Momentary healing is just the beginning It's just the beginning for those with faith. The man got way more than he was asking for, didn't he? What was he asking for? He was asking for this boy to be healed physically. That happened. But he got so much more. When Jesus physically healed that little boy, his son... 
The man believed and his whole life, his whole eternity changed. Not just his, but all of his households as well. He himself believed and all his household, period. Physical healing was good. But just like last week with Lazarus, he died. That boy died. Sometime, I don't know when, but that boy died. This man, his son, and everyone who was with Jesus in Cana died. Everyone who has ever lived, everyone who has ever lived outside of Enoch and Elijah died. Let me give you some encouragement. You will die unless Jesus comes back before you die. You and I will die. Everyone who has ever lived, they've died. This physical miracle of healing this boy, long distance, was just the beginning. It was just the beginning for those who have faith. I love what the author of Hebrews states in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 and 28. He brings some encouraging words as well. It says this, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, verse 28, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. But to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Healing for life. Healing for real life. Not not just this physical life that this boy had. Not just the physical life that this official had. Not just the physical life that you and I have. But healing for life. Real life is the outcome that one needs to have. You have that need. For those of us who are sons and daughters of the King, you and I have the answer to everyone's need. This week, would you take a moment to share that answer with someone? Pray for someone right now. We're coming to the close of the service. Coming to the opportunity for us to respond back to the Father. The whole series has been about conversations. Taking those conversations from the surface level and making those spiritual conversations. Jesus took that conversation. Conversation that he was scolding the whole crowd. He met the physical need, but he met even more the real need that that man had. He's willing to meet your needs. Not not just the ones you think you have, but the ones that you really have. He's ready to speak into your life for those needs that you really have. Sir, ma'am? 
The conversation is there for us to have with Him, but the conversation also, a number of weeks ago, I asked you, hey, write down some names. Be praying for those. Have you been praying for them? This week, I spoke with one of the folks on my list. Had a great conversation with her. Conversation that we've had previously. Conversation about exercise. A conversation about life, where she was in life. One of my neighbors. But also had the opportunity to take that conversation deeper. Because there are some needs that she has. There are some needs that you and I have that only He can meet. Are we willing? I pray that we are. To take those conversations from surface to true need. How did Jesus do it? Jesus used a negative here, did He not? Hey, you. Hey, you. All all you want are signs and wonders. I'm not here to be an entertainer. Come with me, Lord. Come, Come with me. My son is about to die. Go, your son will live. And in the midst of that, he went from the surface to meeting every need that that man Conversations are going to happen all week long in your life. Conversations with family, conversations with co-workers, conversations with customers, conversations with neighbors. Take those conversations. Conversations that need to happen. Take those conversations and turn those into spiritual conversations. Because that's the true need that every single one of us have. Heavenly Father, God, on on one level, it is so easy to say that, that I just stated. It is so easy to say, and it is so true to state. But for whatever reason, Father, We, I, often will not take the conversation from the surface to the substance of the matter. For whatever reason, I have not. We have not. God, over the last few weeks, as we've seen conversation after conversation after conversation, God, I pray that that name that we wrote down, God, we would trust You that You are working in His life or in her life. God, You are calling for us to have those conversations. May we believe that You are working. Father, may we believe that You have those answers to meet those needs that every single one of us have. That those that we've been praying about have. And not just physical ones, Father, but spiritual, eternal needs. God, we love You. Thank You for this passage. Thank You for for John recording it for us. And God, You keeping it for us.
God, thank you that you meet needs. May we trust you. Not weak faith, but strong, exercised, growing faith to bring glory and honor to our King. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. River Bend, it is a time for response. Alex is going to lead us. Worship team's going to lead us in song. You respond back to him as Alex leads. You have been listening to the latest message from Riverbend Church. We hope you enjoyed it. Live simple.